Welcome to Brilliance, a podcast dedicated to revealing the beauty and brilliance of humanity and the world one story at a time. Thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Emma Bennett, owner and founder of Manifest Vibes Productions and an author. We're actually doing a puzzle right now, and it, it's like that that metaphor is feeling very real, where it's like, it feels good to finally have the pieces match up and settle settle together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Puzzles definitely are also good mindfulness and quality time exercise. We're all about it. I don't know if you can see, but like here, this is now our third puzzle. We've learned that it matters what what you're puzzling. So we we got like a really nice, pretty one. It's kind of graphic, more like illustrative. Um, so yeah, we've been working on that. It's been it's been great. That makes me feel like I need to get my puzzle off my bookshelf and do it. Do I, it. I have a New Zealand puzzle. It's um, the North Island of New Zealand, and it's kind of like a little folk arty sort of map of the whole island with little sheep and Maori people doing the haka, and it's just it's beautiful. Really- beautiful. You're gonna want to frame it when you're done. Yeah, I love it. I actually already put it together when I first moved out here to Portland. So it's kind of symbolic. Like I put this puzzle together while I was in the hotel room and I was scoping out this whole place before it came a, became a reality that I actually live out here. No, it feels symbolic doing it. It's some, like you're putting the pieces of your life together. You're taking the time. You're like, you're like, you know, um, staring at the pieces, getting frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, my life has been like that recently. I got laid off on the 10th of February and then I was like, oh crap, I had to go into my own business full time. Right, okay. Speaking of symbolic, like when I looked at my podcast dashboard and I saw an episode from December, 2021 with my injury recovery, I just wasn't there yet in terms of focus and ability to computer screens. Yeah. It was all fragmented and broken up. I could only sustain enough focus and cognitive stamina for seconds at a time. So it'd be like yeah. eight, 12 seconds, 42 seconds, maybe <laughs> yeah. a whole big, like smashed together a chunk of many, many, many segments. But then recently I recorded an episode solo on adrenal fatigue, my experiences of adrenal fatigue and what to do about it, just strategies for self-care. And I was able to go for 10 minutes. And then take a break. Go for 10 minutes. Yeah. That's just the difference from December 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, we can do a lot in a year. Yeah. Uh, We, I think, underestimate ourselves. And I'm reflecting on my last year because I just, my lease was up and, you know, it's been a year since I moved here. And um, yeah, it's amazing how different I feel from now compared to a year ago yeah and there's just I feel like I was really apprehensive when I got laid off and started going back into my own business and doing my own projects again because I just it's kind of like you heal you level up you get to a place where you don't really know your own capabilities anymore until you test them out right so it's kind of like the whole puzzle piece thing you test out one little piece see if it fits here see if it fits there and then you start to see a bigger picture of what you're now capable of accomplishing and what your yep. life is now able to become, which yep. you have no idea of until you show up for no. it. No. And sometimes you need a little nudge. You need a little push out the door. You need, sometimes it feels like a kick out the door, but all of that um, is part of the flow. Yeah. And yeah. It's, um, you know, timing is important too. So I've been kind of reflecting on that lately. And trusting that timing can sometimes be hard. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. I thought that I could just get into a stable nine to five job, work remotely and just keep on going with it. And then I felt like the universe was just like kicking my ass out of the nest and just saying, here, go fly. I'm like, I don't think I can. Just flapping furiously. (laughs) But then feeling- Once I got kicked out, it's like all the resources and people started showing up. And I was like, where's all this coming from? (laughs) Exactly. I just, um, I started my, I'm starting my new practice. um, And I, last week was offered a position 
at a clinic that I applied to a year ago and they weren't hiring at the time. Um, and now they're start now they're hiring um, and I got in touch with them and they in fact wanted to see if I was interested in the position. Um, Emma, if I had been asked to join this team a month ago, three months ago, I would have been like a hundred percent. A month ago, I would have been probably a hundred percent. Now, I I now that I've sort of crossed that threshold of um, like getting pushed out, um, you can't really. Part of me can't like I can't look back, and so I'm not taking the position. Mm. And um, it's scary to say no. Um, and it's it's but I'm gonna just try to do this thing on my own um, and really go for it because I think if I take that position it's gonna take even though it's only you know a couple nights a week it takes it's energetically a lot more than that mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to do right now is put all my energy and then some into my own business and my practice so I can't, I can't, I can't compromise that, you know, even though I think I can, I, I, I'm kind of taking the step not to and um, trusting that process. Mm. So you're staying in alignment with your values and with what you know is right for you. And you're really being attentive to your energy levels, what you have to spare, where your focus really needs to go. I'm trying I'm trying it, I think, um, and also, you know, um, trying to not make a fear-based decision. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, having a job, a salary, having um, that is the, the positive of that is security. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, I'm kind of walking away from that, but also creating my own sense of security, which is, can be a little bit scary. Yeah. But I think I'm willing to kind of go into that fear versus like, I'll, I'll like, um, kind of like a not knowing fear, you know, like I, like, I'm not going to do, like, I feel like I want to go for it right now. Yeah, so it it's a little bit scary, but it's coming from a different place within yourself. Like the deeper motive exactly. is completely different. Exactly, exactly. Um. So yeah, it's 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 scary, but it's scary in a, an exciting way. Yeah, I'm starting to feel that way right now too. Because in the beginning, I just felt like, oh come on, I had something going on that I could rely on. It was a known part of my reality. Yeah. And then I'm going into this unknown part of your reality. So you're going into this unknown part of your reality, opening up your fabulous new practice. Big congratulations. It's such a Thank beautiful you. place. I feel like I saw a photo. Oh my goodness. And it's in a good location. Yes. Yes. That was one of the main things that attracted me to it. I really wanted to be central Portland. Um, as you know, Portland is sort of like a four pieces um, and so I wanted to kind of be in the center, central area so that I could have, um, it could be accessible. Um, and when I saw it, I knew it was the right spot. I, I knew right away just because mm -hmm. of the location. I just, I wanted my, um, it's really important for me to be accessible in all ways, whether that's um, financially or um, location wise. And so um, that's been sort of a focus and a theme for me in terms of building my own practice. And I feel like the timing is perfect because so many people out there are becoming more and more aware of the value of integrative practices folded into everything else with diet, nutrition, medical care, everything put together is really what helps to empower people's well-being. And I don't know if it's like a destigmatization movement, but there's sort of this cultural movement happening right now where people are more open to ideas about mental emotional spiritual physical health i totally I, agree yeah i feel like even just a decade ago a lot of people were just really apprehensive like what is this cookie woo, -woo stuff but yeah i think i agree i think there was um 
you know, the pandemic in some ways was a tipping point for that. Um, I think people have been seeking quote unquote alternative care um, and the pandemic sort of revealed what our current system, what the the current care system is like. And um, I think people are starting to seek something else and seek something that um, works for them and Mm -hmm. um, works for them financially. And I think, you know, what's not new, though, is that there's always been this need. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the hindrance um, is a lot of it is accessibility. And again, whether that's um, and mostly that's financial. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like acupuncture and quote unquote alternative medicine parts of it um, have become sort of a spa associated with sort of like spa-like treatments, mm-hmm. spa-like pricing, mm-hmm. um, spa-like environments. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, you know, you can still have a spa-like environment, but not with quote unquote spa-like prices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're coming into a place and time now where having that accessibility is more important now than ever because the demand is is there yeah that and i feel like once it's more approachable and available i feel like people will catch on and with consumer spending behaviors i've been noticing economic trends where people are pulling back from material purchases and starting to pay more attention to diet lifestyle choices that are going to help them feel better and feel more energized and productive, not in terms of what they're able to do output, but just their availability to the people that they love, to experiences and activities that really make them feel good. I think somebody told me they were getting into Frisbee golf. I was like, what? what's Frisbee golf? But people are starting to dive into more of these experiential, these positive experiences. Right. Right. Because I think, right. And I think because we're, realizing that these are investments that we're Mm -hmm. making the time energy um our investments in our health and our mental health in our happiness yeah um and so i think you know preventative care Mm -hmm. you know i used to i used to use the it's hard to sometimes define what we do in um the world word alternative has been used historically, but I like to use the word preventative care more and more these days because um, I see that that's sort of my role. And in particular with um, the pandemic, I think people are more focused on that and are realizing the connections to lifestyle, to diet, to stress, all of these factors um, matter when it comes to health. Yeah, and for people who are curious about the validity of acupuncture and acupressure, I feel like a really good example of something that people can experience right away is I have really bad motion sickness in my cars, planes, trains, anything that moves. And I love these C-bands that just put a little bit of pressure on your wrist. And those C-bands are being used for cancer patients, for pregnant women who have nausea, morning sickness, and anybody with motion sickness, you can buy one before you get on your flight at one of those Hudson. Yeah. C-bands are are new. Uh, Pericardium six, that Mm -hmm. point is 3000 years old. Yeah. So that's a really good example of how we've just had this intuitive knowledge and awareness of what to do for our well-being. That's preventative healthcare. Before you get on your flight, if you don't want to be queasy, prevent that from happening by just exactly. a bit of acupressure. It's that easy. And when you try it out for yourself, there you go. There's your proof. It works. Exactly. Exactly. So what I'm trying to do with, with my new practice is really offer a treatment prices that are accessible. Yeah. I, I feel really passionate about that. I've worked in community medicine. I've worked in sliding scale clinics before, and that's always been my where my heart is um i really love bridging the gap between sort of um east and west that's sort of how i was raised um and i think um introducing acupuncture in this modality to people 
um, is really important. And I think a lot of the time pricing is what prevents people from doing that. Um, so with the pricing structure I have, it's all sliding scale. Um, I do have a new patient price, but it's also sliding scale. I think sometimes it's intimidating when um, initial costs are, you know, over $200 to something that you've never tried before. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, I really want to be able to have people try this modality, this medicine. I absolutely agree that that's a great starting point, as well as a way to reach people from all different spectrums on the income scale. When I yeah. first got a traumatic brain injury back in 2014, it was October 9th, 2014, I was pretty much out of options real quick, like mm -hmm. muscle relaxants, pain medications. They told mm -hmm. me that was it. Mm -hmm. And from the very beginning, my options in terms of recovery were limited. And I did have a workers' compensation case, but my lawyer told me to fold for $1,000. She told me to give up. Everybody told me to give up. So that's when my, my whole openness to other alternatives started right. Started to unravel. I just felt like, okay, I'm ready and I'm willing to learn something new about what other options there are out there for your health. And exactly, it's like what we were talking about. If the puzzle piece doesn't fit, you just you pivot. Yeah. And you start looking elsewhere. You start opening other doors. Yeah. So I started learning about this Buddhist clinic that offered sliding scale options, and Amazing. then about somebody in my neighborhood. I was living in Little Tokyo in Los Angeles mm -hmm. at the time who offered acupuncture for $60 and that was approachable. Mm -hmm. That was reasonable for me. So I was able to right. go with that. And then later when I climbed up to a higher income level, I was able to see you at the Vancouver Wellness Center when you were practicing there. But then I realized too, like when I was telling my friends about the services that they were offering there, a lot of times they would tell me, oh, that's out of reach for me. Right. And when I would tell them, okay, on Thursdays, you can see you may on a right. slide then they started to open up to it and exactly. just I can do that I can go for that and because they heard from me that I feel safe with you plus you're so knowledgeable like anybody who comes in can come in and talk to you about what's going on with their bodies with their health the symptoms that they have and you'll ask them questions about their diet about their lifestyle about what they've been experiencing lately whatever factors will contribute to their overall well-being like you have a very holistic comprehensive ability Plus, like, not only are you knowledgeable, knowledgeable, but you're highly intuitive. So when you when people start to talk to you about whatever it is that they're going through, you start to pick up and put together the pieces really quickly and form a, a picture of what's going on with their health and explain it to them in a way that totally makes sense. I just Thank love you. that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I, um, that's something I've sort of cultivated over the years. So um, um, thank you for um, acknowledging that. I, um, yeah, I think, you know, what we're talking about is preventative care. And in your case, you know, pain management yeah. and chronic pain. And when we're talking about these things, it's not just a one treatment uh -uh. type of, treatment plan right it's ongoing care and so how do how does one get ongoing care clearly you know a lot clearly our insurance plans don't really focus on that so how does one afford ongoing preventative care um and it can be really frustrating when we know that's what we want but we can't we can't get it yeah um, and so i really feel um that acupuncture, that herbal medicine, that sort of Chinese medicine philosophy, um, there's gems there when it comes to preventative care and um, in, 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 you know, improving your immune system and the mm -hmm. mind-body connection. And so yeah. being able to have um, access to that and mm -hmm. afford that and incorporate it into one's life um, should be you know, for everyone. Definitely. I definitely agree with you there. And you just touched on something that I was curious about and wanted to ask you about that yeah. body connection in Chinese medicine with acupuncture, there's chi, there's the life force energy of the body. 
And there's a way that it flows through the body. There's an optimal way that it flows through the body that can really affect your well-being. But then also there's a lot to do with the organs, with blood flow, with your nervous system. Can you explain more on that mind-body connection and how energy fits into it, Chi? Yeah. Um, it's tricky to talk about Chinese medicine sometimes, oh. right? Like it's it's a language issue. Um, trying to use sort of like medical Western medical terminology and vocabulary for something um, like this. But so, you know, I try to do my best. But um, in terms of what I do um, and what acupuncture does, we're trying to create balance within the systems. Um, And these are multiple systems that we're talking about. Um, We're talking about... um, the yin yang system, we're talking about five element system, we are talking about um, the sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. we're talking about the hormones, right? So there's many sort of areas, mm-hmm. but overall, we're what we're trying to aim for is a balance. Mm-hmm. And um, the needles help to do that. Um, and the treatments are focused on doing that. Um, and it's also focused on movement. Needles, by their nature, move chi. They move chi through our body. And so there's some form of uh, movement that's always occurring during acupuncture treatment. Some, you know, maybe that's movement going up, maybe that's movement going down, but some people feel it as well. Um, but in general, that's sort of the chi moving during a treatment through what we call the channel system or the meridians. So what I do is I choose certain points on those channels, on those meridians to have certain effects, um, balancing effects, moving effects, um, affecting certain organs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, I feel like the the efficacy of treatment also depends on where you're at in your, your healing journey, what your healing needs are. It's almost like if you think about repairing a really old house that's just been left alone and neglected for a really long time you're gonna have to get in there and really roll up your sleeves and do a lot of work versus a newer house you're not gonna have to do so much work on it there there's i love that like stuff to demolish so much so i feel like with acupuncture treatments or any kind of integrative care preventative care the more work you need to do based on all the stuff that's been going on with you, like a brain injury is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not really going to see like big results right away, but over time, they're, they're going to be cumulative results, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that analogy that you use. I'm, I'm going to steal that actually. <laughs> my patients. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. And um, right. It, it's not sort of, the one pill cure, right? This is the sort of opposite of that. Um, And, you know, if we're talking about pain and injury, a lot of time we're talking about trauma. Yeah. And that word is, you know, it's used a lot these days, but um, when there is trauma involved, it's, there's a depth to it or there can, right? And so you have to kind of um, see where you're at in that journey. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, is it more potentially generational trauma? Is it more physical trauma? Is there emotional trauma involved? And so sometimes um, I'll assess that and realize things may be out of my scope and some things may be um, getting in the way of the sort of healing process. And... um, I might need to refer at that time um, or, you know, we kind of, we can kind of talk about what's needed further. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it can be all of the above and it can have been just left unattended for so long that it's just compounded into a very complex mind body issue that will take several different practitioners to unravel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes those areas um, that are affected, we don't see them. We don't know where they are. We can't really pinpoint them. There's not even really a name for them, but 
what the needles can do is access that and begin to move it and begin to balance it. Um, so that's sort of the mind-body um, work that we do as well. Um, and I, I really try to, it's important for me to stay within my scope you know, and acknowledge that um, when we talk about emotion, there's um, certain boundaries um, yeah. that I that I respect, you know. Um, and so what my job as an acupuncturist is to um, address the emotional through yeah. my medicine, through acupuncture, through massage, through the points, um, through the philosophy I and theory. I've heard from some people, like someone told me that some emotional release happened for her after an acupuncture session. I feel like that is how you know the energy within yourself has been moving because you have that beautiful release. And then afterwards, because you've had that release, you have a pickup of energy and you feel brighter, you feel lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for example, I see that a lot. We I see a lot of tears getting shed during treatments and um, I talk to my patients about it because sometimes it can come suddenly and, and by surprise. Um, to me, it's something I've seen before. It's a pattern. So I work with patterns as well. And tears, for example, are related to the liver organ. And so when I talk about the organ, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, Emma, but when I talk about the organ in Chinese medicine, it's more of an energetic organ versus the actual physical mm. organ. And so tears are related to the eyes which are related to the liver. Mm. And so I tend, you know, when I'm doing liver points on people, when I'm working the liver, when I'm moving the liver, um, the liver is also related to emotions. Mm -hmm. So moving, so when things are feeling stuck, it's also related to blood. So a lot of the times, you know, before your period, your emotions feel stuck, you feel a little teary-eyed. Um, these are all patterns and relationships. And so um, sometimes it's not really sad a tear equals sad even um sometimes a tear is like you're saying a release and so it's within this within chinese medicine um it's not just a tear right <laughs> right it's pretty much psychosomatic release it's energy relief yeah yeah exactly exactly you also touched on menstrual health and I know you have a lot of experience with that you have a lot of experience with I feel hormonal metabolic balance women's health yes health. I I um I'm passionate about menstrual health I um have always been interested in women's health mm -hmm. um and over the years I've sort of practiced uh, started to focus my practice on menstrual health and it didn't I didn't necessarily start out with this focus um, but I've come to this because I've realized how much it's related to fertility mm -hmm. how much it's related to hormonal health and autoimmune conditions and just overall as as we've talked about mental health as well and um, I find that acupuncture and Chinese medicine is a powerful tool when it comes to regulating one's menstrual health and very effective in, in in fact the changes can be quite immediate oh that's amazing i've been doing some research i go to scholar.google.com because i hear a lot of things on news and media about women having fertility issues women having menstrual issues there is this big influx in the world and a lot of it I've found has to do with the chemicals in our food that, that are being used in agriculture and even landscaping and sure. and even male fertility is being affected sure. pretty much air water food soil pollution oh my goodness there's a lot that's going the on the list goes on and on the list goes on and on yeah yeah and when there's a solution like acupuncture you can feel immediate relief when you've had PMDD or if you've had fertility issues and you have a new set of possibilities that open up for you that you really didn't know before until you meet a practitioner like yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the times we're told we're kind of have grown up culturally accepting pain, monthly pain as women, you know, we're kind of grow, we've kind of raised to just sort of tough it out. And menstrual pain is just something normal that we have to endure every month. But the truth is, we don't. Mm -hmm. And there's means to mitigate it and um, have you have non-symptomatic cycles um and that's quite an empowering position to be in oh yeah it's like a whole re-education like this whole yeah. time you didn't have to deal with that exactly exactly yeah. so i always recommend if people are having any kind of uh, menstrual symptoms menstrual related symptoms i like seeing people twice a month mm -hmm. um around their period or right before when they're feeling symptomatic and then around mid cycle when, when around ovulation is or, sh or is predicted to be. Um, and that is, I think the optimal times to have acupuncture treatments. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend patients do at least three cycles, three months of that, and there will be a significant change. Um, I've always, I've seen a significant change in one cycle with that sort of treatment plan what about um, herbs herbs can be involved as well but um doing getting regular treatments on in that way is um very helpful right you can give recommendations on diet nutrition supplements so many things that you can do um that are quite simple to manage um for example you know one of the kind of main chinese um like rules or like what they say like um like um sayings is to never have cold food before your period mm. so cold food meaning cold in temperature cold in nature so um it's cruel but things like ice cream it's always the things yeah. that we really crave right um but like things like ice cream and then cold in nature is like a salad Mm. Um, things that are more raw like juices are not always the best right before so again key, like very simple and kind of um, um old school type beliefs but just like keeping yourself warm but going back to the basics really mm. so not only are you an acupuncturist an integrative practitioner but you're also like a well-being strategist yes yes I definitely um give advice. And um, I do that because I've learned myself over the years. Um, and I've taken these sort of gems myself and have implemented them. So um, I'm kind of, I'm always giving advice. And um, I came from, I was a birth worker for a num number of years. And um, in that world, um, we like sayings. We like, they're sort of like old wives um, wisdom that gets sort of passed down and um this this sort of um womanly wisdom that gets passed down and so um I am definitely um I I want to be passing that down myself as much as I can that's amazing are you able to see couples who are interested in fertility support and family planning? yeah that's a good question um when it comes to fertility um, yes, you know, um, it's important always to work with, I think, uh, both partners. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have seen that historically be really beneficial. Mm. Is acupuncture safe and effective for all ages, children, senior citizens? It is. Um, I recommend people, uh, if you do want to have your um, infant or child's to, uh, get acupuncture it's probably best to see a, someone who specializes in pediatrics mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah it can definitely be used a modality used for all ages um, you actually use less needles mm -hmm. um, the sort of older and younger you go I was really fascinated by the changes in our culture you and I both moved up from California and I lived in Orange County. Something that really surprised me was Orange County Children's Hospital 
hired on somebody who specializes in Chinese medicine and acupuncture to work with children in their pediatric. Amazing. I just thought, oh, wow, this is this is a really good sign. That's amazing. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that too. And I love that you opened up your own practice because I feel like you being central to everything is going to help reach out to the community and spread the word and just really teach them the value of preventative care, of really working into working this into a comprehensive yeah. body, well-being, diet, nutrition, all over health plan. Yes, exactly. Something that you can incorporate into your life, be part of your lifestyle mm-hmm. and um, and have it be affordable and accessible care. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it too. And I'm grateful that I was able to talk to you about it. Yeah, I actually talked to my therapist before getting on this call and I just told him, like, I'm going to be talking to an acupuncturist. And he said, oh, I love going to acupuncture. Every single time I go to an acupuncture session for the whole week afterwards, I feel really light and good, yes. Yes. really grounded. Yeah, so it's good for your mental health too, definitely. Oh, it's definitely good for your mental health. I, um, I'm always, I always feel that, you know, lots of things happen in the treatment. But I think for me as a practitioner, what I'm trying to create is some type of transformation. Yeah. That word can be quite big, but um, sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's step by step. Sometimes it's just a smart spark. Mm -hmm. But I want some my patient to feel transformed Mm -hmm. when they come in for a treatment. I want them to feel a little bit different from when they walked in. And you would know because you've applied these principles, you've applied acupuncture and your knowledge of supplements, diet, nutrition towards yourself and your own well-being and your health over the years, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think over the years as a practitioner, what I've learned is um, incorporating like what you're saying, the different modalities and different philosophies um, um, and sort of kind of coaching is really important as well Mm -hmm. um so um i like to do things like cupping Mm -hmm. body work um gua sha uh electric stimulation uh as add-ons to all of my treatments um because i think that's also really beneficial Hmm. with acupuncture and gua sha are you able to do it on yourself yeah yeah, um, I do a lot of facial gua sha on myself um, and the facial cupping as well. The mm-hmm. neck area is really good to do with gua sha. The acupuncture is a little tr- tricky to do by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard because I always want to feel relaxed and fall asleep. And I can't quite do that when I'm on my when I'm doing it on my own. What changes have you seen in your own health over the years? Um, as a practitioner? Mm-hmm. I, the biggest change I've seen is my sleep. Ooh, um, many people come to me telling me I had trouble sleeping. Yep. The biggest change for me has become, has been becoming a night owl, changing from becoming a night owl owl to a, what is it? I don't know. A morning bird. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I've, I always identified as being a night person. And um, I felt really awake and inspired at night and for decades. And I made a conscious decision to change that um, and improve my sleep sleep quality mm. um, about, I would say maybe a decade or so ago, or maybe less. Um, getting a dog also was part of that. Um, but all, but that has been sort of a huge change one of the biggest changes in my life that is definitely big more people I feel are struggling with sleep as a result of just the technological globalization being on their devices all the time freaking their circadian cycles out their circadian rhythms and causing an imbalance with their melatonin even taking melatonin supplements and having artificial lighting their diet anxiety all of that so many contributing factors. And so going into acupuncture, learning what supplements they can take, how they can tweak their diet, all of those can help to turn that around and help them feel more energized throughout the day. 
Yeah. And, and it really took changing my entire lifestyle for me to improve my sleep health. And that's, was the biggest lesson for me was that it wasn't just, I was trying to still do it with, you know, a one treat, one pill kind of mentality, but it made, I had to change many aspects of my life and now it's a priority. And now I go to sleep before, you know, like around 10, which, um, couple years ago, I would have never fathomed that I, I just never thought I was going to be this person. And I think part of that, part of it was this sort of um, judgment I had, or like identity I had with being a night person. Um, but now I'm kind of, I, I, I really love um, going to sleep early, waking up early, if my body feels good, and prioritizing sleep um, has really helped focus my um health has has focused my attention on my health and realizing that that's a core aspect of it you experience those changes because you actually dedicated yourself to overhauling your lifestyle and it was a process of becoming yes differently becoming a person who lives that different lifestyle who does all these things and you touched on a really good point with people coming to you. It's not just a matter of, oh, cool, that's a great idea, but actually implementing, actually working on yourself, actually following through and having that discipline, Yeah, which I feel yeah. may deter some people actually from coming to you, but other people may actually love that because yeah. it's not that hard to change certain things, like to make small changes and see results over time. Exactly. Some may say it's discipline. Some may say it's just changing habits. Mm -hmm. And I think for me with my sleep patterns and um, it was really about changing my habits that mm -hmm. I had become so accustomed to that were so ingrained mm -hmm. um, and really just slight pivots, you know, like that whole idea of like, you can't climb a mountain. You, you It's step by step. Um, but those slight habitual changes, um, ongoing really make that transformation happen mm -hmm. and um again i think having that ongoing care mm -hmm. continually checking in with an acupuncturist um i was seeing someone regularly weekly um was vital to that process because it it helps to gauge where you're at it creates accountability mm -hmm. um it helps me be like, wait, what are we going to, what am I going to bring up with that? How am I feeling this week? It starts with that question. You know, it's like, wait, wait, yeah, let me check in with myself. How am I feeling? What am I going to communicate to my practitioner and let them know what we're going to work on this week, how I'm feeling, where I'm at this week. And um, we don't do that as often as we think we do. That actually is a question of mine that I had for you. Yeah. What advice do you have for people on how to advocate for their well-being needs and clearly communicate what they're struggling with so that a qualified practitioner can help most effectively? That is such a good question. Can you ask me that again, please? <laughs> what advice do you have for people on how to advocate for their well-being needs and clearly communicate what they're struggling with so that a qualified practitioner can help most effectively? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I have some patients who come in with notes, um, either written or on their computer, a list of things that they have been experiencing or that they would like to bring up. Um, it's as simple as that, because we forget. And like, we will literally walk out the door and be like, oh my God, I forgot that one thing that I've been, that's been bothering me for three months. And I just lost my opportunity to bring it up. And mm -hmm. now I have to wait to see them again next month write it down, right? Have a list so that we can just go over all of the things. Um, I think logging it, mm -hmm. um, that, that act, that's sort of the homework. Mm -hmm. That's the practitioner, uh, that the, that's the patient's homework. Um, but I think that is what would be really helpful be, for oneself. And just as a guideline to f figure out what to communicate with your practi practitioner. And what to focus on. 
Yeah, so it's also up to the patients to meet the practitioner halfway and do their work, do their check-ins with themselves before they show up so that they can have the most effective course of treatment. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to know what that is, Mm -hmm. but um, I love a patient who's just like going to bring me those notes and um, I'm happy to be discussing them. I think sometimes there is a feeling of sort of deer in headlights when you go to a hospital or go to um, any kind of medical practice, Mm -hmm. but that time and space is as much mine as it is yours. And so how one utilizes it, I think is important. And so to claim that space and that time um, is, is my advice and by, and however you, you know, you feel comfortable doing that um, with notes, with like, you know, some voice notes or with, um, you know, just um, an idea of what you want to focus on. That practice also has the benefit of really honing your ability to listen to your body. Exactly. Exactly. And it's creating um, a foundation where you can continue to do that with your practitioner mm-hmm. and continue to check in. Because, you know, with I think a lot of the biggest difference that I see with Chinese medicine and Western medicine is the amount of time we take to ask questions Mm-hmm. Um and listen. And I think that's a huge part of what's lacking um right now in our medical system. And so my job is to listen as much as possible. So if if a patient can come with notes, with things to discuss, um, that is always helpful. Is it okay if someone comes to you feeling like, okay, I'm a little bit fuzzy. I've been experiencing this and this and this, and it doesn't seem to match up or fit together. I just have no idea. I just know these are the symptoms. Can you help me investigate and figure out what the heck is going on with me? Is that okay? That's exactly my role. That's exactly my role. And so that's why I encourage the notes and and just keeping them in mind, because although it might not be, might be completely separate to you, to me, they they completely relate. And so I can help you make those connections. You know, it's like, oh, maybe that's the food, this food that I'm eating is causing the inflammation. And that's why I'm having these sleep issues, you know? So you might not be able to make those connections. And that's my job is to help you do that. That's what I love about you. With the way that you work, you establish a partnership, like a well-being yeah. partnership. And you go yeah. on with another person. And you help them figure out how to take the most direct path to well-being without so many of the detours and the the dead ends and running into these obstacles and not knowing how to get over them. When they partner up with someone like you, they have the most straightforward path possible. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's part of my doula background is because as a doula, you're it's support. Mm-hmm. It's peer support. And so um, navigating one's health can be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think part of being a practitioner is offering that support. And um, unfortunately, sometimes there's just, it's hard to do that in this world with how our systems are. Yeah. But um, I think as alternative practitioners, quote unquote, um, as acupuncturists, we are in a perfect position to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about immediate gratification, although you can feel immediate relief after a session. I feel that after about eight years since the brain injury, I've noticed changes in my health incrementally over time. Right. But it's completely different. The changes have actually stuck as a result yeah. of doing the work and actually following through on listening to a dietitian who tells me that, for instance, genetically modified corn, wheat, soy products are going to cause inflammation and cause some really nasty issues. So cutting that out of my diet and making sure that I eat healthy sources of protein and whole foods and all these kind of things, it takes work. But over time, the work gets easier and more automatic. And 
you start to notice that there are significant differences in your energy levels and your well-being and your confidence even because when your body's feeling good you feel a lot more stable right and relaxed yeah yeah and you can tell all those practitioners that said that you didn't have a chance to <laughs> improve them wrong right yeah um, I mean, that word that you use, like work, you know, it it, it does take work. It does take effort. Mm -hmm. But I think what I've come to experience, again, like I, I kind of mentioned this with the sleep, is that it becomes, it starts to become easier. And it starts yeah. to become less like work. You know, going to bed before 10 felt so hard to me, like even just conceptually hard mm -hmm. and like physically hard. Um, but now I, you know, I'll fall asleep on the couch at like, like, and yeah, and I have to drag myself to bed. Um, so I think it, it, it's good to, um, I think patience is a part mm -hmm. of health um, and reminding oneself that it's not necessarily going to be a linear path. Yeah. A plus B doesn't always equal C. Sometimes you do detours. Sometimes you step back. Sometimes you take a few steps back um, and that's, that's sort of the pathway of health sometimes. Yeah. I've actually experienced that recently where I felt like I took a big, humongous, like hundreds of steps back because right. after the stress of the whole right. layoff, right. part of the tech layoffs that have been happening lately, my health went to crap and I felt like all the work that I had done over the years was suddenly undone. And for several weeks, I was back on pain medications. I was back on prescription yep. medications. I just felt yep. like, oh my gosh, I haven't had to live like this in years. Right. But it's just that stress and not only the stress of the, the layoff, but several things happened in a row. Yeah. I had my house flooded. There were repairs going on. There were financial issues. There were emotional issues. It was like all at once. Yeah. And because I had worked with you and I'd worked with several different integrated practitioners, I had tools and resources to exactly. draw and get out of that faster exactly. than I would have been able to. Exactly. Ago. Exactly. Yeah. Like so it's, it's not, it's about sort of not seeing it as a setback mm -hmm. and more as just um, like you said, realizing that the tools in your basket there are that much more and um you're able to use them that much easier mm -hmm. swifter kind of like with more knowledge right so as time goes on you become a lot better equipped and you have lots more tools in your your well-being toolbox and exactly. you're able to draw on resources and plus when you're supported when people are supported by you rather than trying to go it alone. Exactly. My toolbox now consists of, so you know, acupuncturists, uh, my therapist, chiropractors, you know, herbalists, like the list goes on. And then within that, because someone's always, so people always ask me, do you have an acupuncturist? Yes, I have five acupuncturists. Because <laughs> um, my, my primary, because acupuncture is going to be my, is my primary modality, primary. And so Within acupuncture, I'm going to have more of a sports medicine acupuncture. So I'm going to have a more, you know, women's health focused acupuncture. So I'm going to have the acupuncturist that I can call and get a treatment right away versus, you know, maybe I'm going to have to wait. Um, so I, there's, for me, I, my toolbox runneth full. <laughs> and over the years, they, you know, I'm just trying to kind of fill it up more and more and see what fits because like we were talking about, we're not the same person, right? We are always evolving. And even though sometimes we have these setbacks, they're not setbacks because we're not the same person as we were before. Mm -hmm. And so with, as time goes on, as I change, I'm going to gather different tools for my, my needs that have changed over the time. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very valuable for people to be able to reevaluate when there are certain life changes going on, whether they relocate or they have a career change or something is just changing with who they are, with their growth and their healing. Totally. totally. And I think in some ways women have this already kind of built in system of change, you know, where like we get a certain age and things 
and our bodies change and shift and we have to sort of confront them. Um, so I think um, we sort of have that ability ingrained in us, um, but to kind of do that regularly, you know, what, what does that mean? And um, what does that mean in terms of managing our health? Um, that includes physical and mental. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's shifting about our culture now where people are doing less of the, let's just look it up on the internet and DIY, <laughs> just do something, anything, and instead reaching out and talking about it and getting the support you need. And like you were saying, put together your own, I've been calling it a support squad, like based on your needs, who do you need to have supporting you? Do you need an acupuncturist? Do you need a chiropractor? Do you need... Right. And Well, my therapist, I feel, is almost like a Swiss army knife. He, yeah. I drilled him in the beginning to see whether or not he understood neuroplasticity, if he really factored in psychobiology and our nervous system states, and exactly. he's certified as a hypnotherapist. So you actually have to go to a practitioner, ask some questions, vet them, see how you feel about them, see how they respond to you. Then you can determine, okay, this is how we can develop a relationship, like a practitioner-client relationship that flows, that's harmonious, yep. that feels good for you, and you yep. feel empowered as a result, right? Exactly. I love that. I love that you make that point because it is a different time. You know, back, we're not of the culture where we're seeing the one doctor, one family practitioner mm -hmm. any longer. Some places do provide that, but in most urban areas, that's not really how it works anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think it's confusing because we grew up kind of um, in that system still. So when we go to a doctor and they don't have the one answer that we're looking for or the one solution, it, we get stuck. Mm -hmm. But um, I think in that sense, times have changed, you know, like, like we have, you know, multiple practitioners for things because we're multifaceted creatures, as well as um, the fact that there's lots of options available to us now. Yeah. And those options, I think some people can be a little bit scared when they're in the beginning point of discovering what acupuncture is, what these integrated modalities are. But what feels empowering to me is educating yourself, informing mm -hmm. yourself, asking those questions, finding mm -hmm. it out, and not just point blank accepting something from anybody. Right, exactly. And asking yourself, is this working for me? Is this medication that I've been taking for you know X amount of time that my doctor has been prescribing? Is this actually reducing my symptoms? You know, and I think um, just that sort of evidence based kind of you know um way of thinking mm -hmm. um and because um we do because you know my clients are not they're very smart they're very educated you know and um i i i have respect for that i have a lot of respect for you because of the way that you approach your practice you actually see a person and you can see just the whole picture of their well-being and you're concerned for their empowerment. You're concerned for their, their overall happiness in life and their fulfillment, as well as what I'm trying to get to is like, you care about the whole person. Yeah. That's yeah, really I, I think this is a powerful do tool to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do feel passionate about that. And I think um, acupuncture as a, as a whole um, is a great modality for that. I totally agree. So where can people find you in Portland? I'm going to grab your links, by the way, and put them in. Thank the you. Yes, I'm going to be on 811 East Burnside. It's Suite 217. Um, I am currently making my website, but you can book online through Jane app. Um, and that's just Yuzu. My business name is Yuzu Acupuncture. So you can find me there. And then it's just going to be yuzuacupuncture.janeapp.com. And I'll send you all the information.
I'm so excited. Well, Thank I you so much for all this is it's always great talking to you and I appreciate the time and all the questions. Me too. I appreciate this whole conversation that you've had. I feel like it's going to really help to inform and empower people to just make the right moves and start taking steps towards their well-being, towards really significant process, I mean, progress in seeing shifts in their energy levels. Yes. It just really helps with everything, really. Like if you have the energy to go up to your life, in a positive, confident way, you're able to really shine and really feel like I can do this. I can do these challenging things. And yeah. as you said, they get easier with time. And as they get easier with time, you also begin to cultivate that trust in yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I um, am happy to support people in their process um, because it's not easy yeah. and it can be quite overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, so um, my email is acuyume, A-C-U-Y-U-M-E at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at yuzu acupuncture. Awesome. Do you have anything else you would like to add in before we sign off? Um, I think the only thing I'd like to add is um, for anyone who is curious about acupuncture, who's just always wondered, um, give it a go. I encourage you to try it. And I've set up my pricing structure so that it's something that you can try if you don't like it. Um, you're not too invested, but I always say, um, I, I would just encourage people to try it. I really appreciate you listening in. I hope you have gotten some really great takeaways that you can apply to your own everyday life. If you have found me on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating, leave a review, shout it out, share this episode with someone you care about that would benefit from learning all of this too. Have a great day today.